0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Kinda Queer Podcast, hosted by, well, um, that would be just me today, that's, that's right, it's Ryan, here to record another episode. Normally, I introduce myself as a cis pansexual man, but, well, the pansexual still stands, but I don't think I'm cis anymore. I'm not 100% sure about that, though, I, I'm... I'm trying, uh, he, they, and so far it feels pretty good, so that's cool. If you're wondering how I got to that point, well, that means you didn't watch my Q&A video for Pride Month on the YouTube channel for Kinda Queer, which, um, you should do. Uh, but, but here's the thing. Today's episode is, um, well, it's going to be very personal, and there's going to be a lot of heavy subject matter, so this episode gets a very strong trigger warning because I will be talking about mental health, uh, specifically specifically my mental health. And you know, that will include talk about uh, really bad anxiety, depression, uh, suicidal thoughts, and all that kind of thing. Um, so if that's not something that you're comfortable listening to, then maybe just skip this episode. But why am I doing this well? <laughs> I don't know. I think I wanted to not only like share it for myself, but share it for other people just because like, number one, I've I, I don't really talk about how I feel in my mental health and I think I should do that more. And number two, I think that mental health should just be talked about more in general, and I'm hoping that by doing this, uh other people like you or whoever's listening maybe it's not you which doesn't make any sense so ignore that entire sentence that i just spewed out of my mouth um but i hope that you can maybe hopefully feel more okay about your mental health maybe not in terms of like where you're at but more in the sense that you're more comfortable talking about it or sharing it and it doesn't have to be like with everyone that you meet it can just be like oh i never really wanted to go talk to a therapist or like a close friend about it but now I might and even if that's the case that's great I really hope this episode is able to help some people um but we're definitely going to start with all of the bad first and then at the end I'll just kind of talk more generally about advice I'm not someone you should really take advice from because I'm not a professional but I feel like I may have good advice I don't know We'll find out when we get there, shall we? Um, the the first bullet point that I have, um, I don't know why it's here. It says that I I was always a shy person, which is true. I've always been a shy person. I don't know why I chose to start with this, but I I think you'll kind of see that later on, like, my social anxiety gets a lot worse, and... I think that me being shy kind of played into that, and I want to say this, that being shy is not a bad thing. It's okay to be shy. I think a lot of the time it just means uh, maybe you're more introverted, or you, you need more alone time, or you're worried about talking to other people, and that's perfectly fine. Being shy is, is normal and human, and that's okay. But, like, I've always had a hard time talking to new people, uh, go figure, as I talk to many people that I don't really know, um, but I, I don't know, it's, 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 it's interesting, is what it is, I think, maybe, who knows, I mostly just wanted to start with this, because it'll lead to more stuff later, but then the big one, the big one, um, like, if I had to look at every single one of, like, the events in my life, the one, the number one event with the most impact on my life would probably be my mom dying. Um, and that kind of just created a tornado of uh, mental illness and pain. But, you know, it's okay. Because everyone recovers at different paces. And for me, it took a really long time. I don't know if... I would have had mental illness without my mom dying, I probably would have, but I know that it definitely was worse because of it, and that's okay, because death is really fucking hard to deal with, especially when it's someone that you're close to. When my mom died, she was the person that I was closest to in the entire world. I fucking loved my mom, I still love her, I don't know... If there's an afterlife, if there's a heaven, but I, I definitely like to think that there is So one day, uh, when I die, I can see her again. Um, but I, it was, her death was really hard on me. <laughs> Needless to say, I, like, I guess she, I, I don't fully remember. Cause it was a long time ago. Well, long time. I'm, I'm coming up on two, on two Oh my god, I'm coming up on a decade um, of life without her. And that's really weird to think about, because that is half of my life. Uh, So, that's not too far away. I mean, it's still a year and a half-ish. But that's not far at all. And that's really fucking weird. I will have lived half of my life with her and half of my life without her. And wow. Um, But anyway, like I was saying, because it was a while ago and I don't really remember things, um, I'm pretty sure, um, not fully confident, that my mom was diagnosed with cancer in either... 3rd or 4th grade of elementary school, which would have made me like 8, I believe. 8 or 9-ish when she was diagnosed. And um, this is information they don't need, but she was diagnosed with uh, melanoma, which is skin cancer. Um, And it was really weird for me at the time, I think, because I was still young and I'd never really, I don't know. Cancer was just like this, this devil that you hear about. And then all of a sudden it was like, wait, but my mom has that. And so that was really hard. And before, before this, my, my dog Bella, who was a Rottweiler, a lovely, precious, good girl, um, had died because of cancer as well. Um, we had to put her down. Um, I don't remember when this was, but um, I remember one day my friend was over and uh, Bella was running in the kitchen and she slipped on the kitchen tile and she broke her leg. So my mom carried her into the car and took her to the vet and uh, I went to my friend's house because that was kind of scary and I got the call um, from my mom. I think my dad uh, eventually came to pick me up, but I got the call from my mom, and she had said that Bella had cancer, and that was enough to weaken her leg so much that it broke. And so that very day, like probably 30 minutes to an hour later, I went to the vet hospital, and I sat there with Bella, as they put her down. Um, and that was my first real experience with cancer. And I think that that really made knowing that my mom had cancer hard because I had seen basically another family member die because of it. And so when my mom was diagnosed with cancer, um, my anxiety and depression just really started taking place and forming and coming all together as you would. Um, And as I touched on in the Perfect Body episode, uh, a lot of this anxiety came out in the form of me just eating. Um, I would eat if I was anxious because uh, that was the quick, easy way to um, feel happy. Because food is delicious, right? That makes you feel good. That makes euphoric feelings in the brain go whir. And um, long story short, just ended up me hitting my body. (laughs) Which I talked about in depth in the Perfect Body episode. So uh, I won't touch on that too much. Um, But I don't remember a whole lot about the experience. Um, But I know... Well, I do, actually. That's a lie. Um, I don't... (laughs) Uh, I'm kind of a mess. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. But at the time, people were definitely really concerned about me. Rightfully so. (laughs) I was the son of a mother who had cancer, uh, and that's usually not, like, a great thing. Um, and so I remember... I don't remember who I went to talk to. If it was a therapist or like something like that, it was along those lines of a therapist. Um, And they're like, they asked me how I was doing. And at this time, I was just like, I'm doing fine. Everything's great. My mom is going to live. Nothing is wrong. Uh, I was very much in denial and in denial of my own feelings, which was uh, depressed and full of anxiety. And I remember... The person that I talked to was like, well, if you don't want to talk about it, try writing in a journal. Maybe that will make you feel better. Um, And so I got a journal, and I started writing in it. But I ignored pretty much everything about my mom, even in the journal. So I would write about things that had nothing to do with that. And uh, so basically, I avoided talking about it forever and ever until later on. But then, um, one day, uh, my mom did pass away, and I won't go into depth about it because it was a very, very sad, traumatic day. Um, but, uh, she died, and I think after that is probably when my social anxiety really just ramped up, Um, obviously my depression did too, but my social anxiety was just really, really bad at this point. Um, because now I knew the concept of losing people. I knew what that was like, and I didn't want to ever face that again. So, I was afraid of losing people. I was afraid of making strong connections with new people, because that meant that there was the possibility that I would just lose them, and of the people that I was already close to, I was afraid that that I would lose them, and so I tried desperately to cling on to any relationships that I had, even if they weren't, like, great, and I would try to, like, fit in so that people would still uh, stick with me because I didn't want to lose them. Um, eventually I would get rid of that, like, toxic trait, um, or at least less so, but that was certainly a thing that stuck with me for a while, and that's really cool. Um, and as I said before, I started hating my body. I started hating my body before my mom died, because I was already eating a lot then and gaining weight. but I started to really, uh... Really hate my body as well, afterwards. Because what else did I have to focus on other than my body and myself? And that <laughs> was not great, believe it or not. So that kind of led to a lot of self-hate and feeling like I was worthless. And that would eventually just spiral into more shit. Um, and at the same time, I... I felt extra pressured to, like, do well in school and I think that that was because I didn't want to show anyone in my life, particularly my family, that I wasn't doing well, that I wasn't doing okay. So to me, doing well in school was saying, hey, I'm fine, don't worry about me, don't talk to me about it, thank you. And I just want to say. You don't have to put up a front for anyone um, because I think a lot of the time that just ends up being bad. And so, yeah, eventually I would put less and less effort into school, um, but that was never a problem because I just naturally did well in school and even without trying that hard. Um, I have a really good memory, and I don't know, I didn't really have to just study, I didn't have to put a lot of effort in, and I was always the the kid that the teachers liked, so I could get away with certain things, um, which I'm lucky for. I'm lucky for not really falling behind, uh, even without putting effort in, but i think that this also probably played a part in me not liking to receive praise for anything because like my grandparents would like praise me for doing well in school and i would just kind of hate that a lot and i think that that was because i wasn't putting any effort in so i didn't feel like i deserved any of the praise and then like that concept in its own just kind of transferred into other things where it's like I don't want to be complimented because I don't feel like I deserve it because I hate myself. So yeah, that was that was a thing. Um middle school became a horrible mess, uh as I feel it does for most people, but for me especially it became a horrible mess. Um because it, that was on the back Pedal of me dealing with my mom's death. Um, She died in fifth grade, so I graduated elementary school without her being there, and then now I was on to middle school. And so I was kind of dealing with that and trying to deal with the social anxiety and dealing with new people and trying to maintain friendships and all of this sort of thing. And then on top of that, I started to realize hey maybe I'm not straight Uh, so that was in middle school I was trying to figure out my sexual identity and that also led to a lot of internalized homophobia and extra anxiety because I was worried other people would find out and I hated myself for being queer and it just led to a lot more self-hate A lot more bad bad feelings in my brain and uh i've talked in depth about how i kind of got to uh the conclusion about my sexuality and identity and all that in previous episodes for sure the kind of coming out episode deals with that a lot but yeah that that happened um i would say middle school was the peak of my anxiety Um, That is when my anxiety was the absolute worst, for sure. There was a time, I think everything just kind of built up on top of each other. On top of, you know, whatever. English language, not my strong suit. But I think everything just kind of built on top of itself. And it just kind of really made my anxiety just bad. Just really bad. And so... Um, there was a time, uh, and this wasn't like a short period of time, it lasted for quite a while, when I was so fucking anxious about everything that every night before I went to bed, I would have to go around my entire house and check every single room, every single cranny, to make sure that intruders were not in my house, because I was really worried about, uh, people coming to kill me in the middle of the night. Don't know why, that was fun. I would go out, and, uh, like, my routine is, I would go out, I would check the closet in the hall, I would go in the bathroom, i check behind the curtains, I'd go, I'd check in the bathroom closet, I'd check in the other closet at the end of the hall, I'd walk out, I'd go into the kitchen, I'd check underneath the table, I'd check in the food cabinet, I would check behind the front door, I would check in in any other dark place, like behind the trash can, and then I would come into the living room, and I would check um, the front door area, I would check behind the couch, I would check behind, like, everything, and uh, so if that doesn't scream ang- anxious mess. Then I don't know what does. Um, yeah, th- yeah. That was that was really not a good time. Which, as you could imagine, also led to me losing sleep. <laughs> um, um, so middle school, I was just I I was just like constantly tired um, and constantly anxious. I think there. Now that I'm thinking about it, there was a time where. I swore that I heard someone walking around outside my house and that scared the shit out of me. So I locked my bedroom door, um, which locks from the inside and you can't uh, do anything about it from the outside. And um, my my dad, uh, who goes to work early in the morning, and my grandpa who came up early to so he could drive me to school, uh they got really worried because my door had locked and i'd forgotten about it and i'd fallen asleep and so they couldn't get into my room so they thought maybe something bad had happened or whatever turned into i was like oh i must have just hit it by accident when i closed the door but no it was because i was feeling really bad and my anxiety was really bad so that was a memory that i have of fun times and then i would also get panic attacks in um in middle school i still got them occasionally in high school but middle school is when i got them a lot more frequently and uh panic attacks are really not fun or anxiety attacks i don't know are they the same thing i'm i'm not sure i would get one of the two or both if they're the same thing cool glad we got that out of the way, but I would get panic attacks and, um, I would just feel really bad. My heart would start racing. I felt like I was dying, stuff like that, you know, the normal things. And then around the same time in middle school, I gained, uh, intrusive thoughts, um, which, uh, just became more and more common. Um, so they were all, very common in middle school. I think that just kind of went alongside my anxiety. They, they still happen. This is, I guess, where I picked it up and now they still happen. And so I would just have really terrible, awful thoughts about stuff. Um, I would dream about and think about uh, or have thoughts about uh, Roxy, my current dog, just dying horribly. This, this is like the the most vivid memory I have because it, uh, it was it was awful. I, I just I remember she was a puppy still, and I would just have this thought of her running out into the road and getting hit and killed. and uh, I would this is gross, so if you want to skip forward of like 20 seconds, do so. Um, but I would literally see her beheaded, mangled head, and that was really not cool. So, that was not fun, and I think this eventually, like, the intrusive thoughts eventually mixed with my OCD, or at least, I don't know if intrusive thoughts are normally like this, but, or if it's, like, a mix with OCD, I don't know, I don't know anything about anything, so, whatever, um... But I would start feeling like if I didn't do this specific thing, then something horrible would happen. So I would, I don't know, like I would flip a light switch and it didn't feel right. And then I would think, oh, well, if I don't flip it correctly, then everyone I know and love will die. It wasn't usually that drastic, but it would be like someone I know would die and it would be horrible. So I would just go back and do it uh, until it felt right which was usually like after five tries. Same thing goes for like turning the water off or doing weird things like that. And sometimes I would just have thoughts. Like if I was like, um, I don't know, driving to go see my grandma, I would just have this thought like, oh, well, once I arrive, my grandma's going to be dead. And so I would have to like say this little mantra to myself in my in in like the drive there just be like she is not dead she will not be dead she has never been dead she definitely will not be dead she's okay she's fine and i would just repeat that over and over again in my head and doing so would somehow prevent her not her her death i i don't know then so this is kind of like a smaller thing to touch on but it does affect me is my family has somewhat of a history with like anger issues and um so i certainly had trouble dealing with my anger for a long time um like i was just angry at the world and things and whatnot um and i don't know it was it was it was hard it was hard dealing with that because I didn't want to be what I had seen other people in my family become sometimes, uh, when they were really angry. I didn't want that. Um, because I hated seeing that and I hated, I still hate seeing stuff like that. So I was, I tried really hard (laughs) to not like to hold it back. And I did a good job with that, I think. But Um, This was just another like stressor in my life. And then um, my anxiety uh, started to decline uh, towards the end of freshman year of high school. I definitely still have anxiety, Um, just not as bad and not as frequent or often. I don't really get panicked panic attacks anymore, which is uh, really nice. I'm glad I don't have to deal with that. But I I still had a really hard time socializing, so my social anxiety was still pretty big, but my normal anxiety was not as bad. Um, Like, I didn't know how to talk to new people. I didn't know how to, like, talk to people because I just thought, like, oh, they're not going to find me interesting and then they're not going to want to talk to me or be friends with me still or whatever and so i was constantly like putting on a facade like this is me i am the cool funny one of the group i must play this role to so that the people still like me and while that definitely lessened as time went on uh it was Really weird, you know it was weird playing like a heightened different version of myself for so long um because it, it just felt like the real me wasn't worth <laughs> just wasn't worth anything, and so it was like well this this normal regular version of me, which is just me, sucks, and why would I ever want to be that? And that's not a healthy mindset. Um, I think if I had to bring up like one particular memory I have of the, like social anxiety um, in like freshman year, it would be joining like drama. Um, I joined drama in my freshman year um, for the musical, which happened in the spring, um, not the play. Some of my good, really good friends were in it, and they were like, "Hey, you should do this," and I was like, "Yeah, maybe." Because I was really just anxious about talking to people and being in new groups of people. And I, at this point, I still hadn't joined any clubs in high school, um, after school activities or anything. I never did sports. And, uh, you know, I, I did join it. And even then, I didn't really talk to anyone that I didn't know. Because it was fucking hard for me. It was really hard. I didn't. I I just felt like I felt like the opinions of those that I didn't know really mattered. Um, And that's something that I don't feel anymore. Um, But I still have trouble with like talking to people, especially people that I don't know or new people. Um, And so I remember just feeling really bad sitting in the back because I did the lights in the back. I would see all of my good friends talking to all of these uh, people that I didn't know and having a great time. And I'd just be like, why can't that be me? Why can't I just go there and talk to those people as well and have a wonderful time? And then sophomore year came along and sophomore year of high school was one of the worst years of my life um, because I had gotten a cyst, and so I got the cyst, or at least it developed, like, um, at the very tail end of freshman year, um, and it got bad, and then I dealt with it, sort of, um, and then in the summer, like, pretty, not too long before sophomore year, I had surgery to have it removed and the cyst just kept being an issue and it just kept coming back and not healing properly and so all of my sophomore year of high school was literally dealing with the cyst. so I would have to drive an hour and a half, two hours away to doctor's appointments all the time. I would have to drive an hour and a half, two hours away to get a, a different surgery and it just made me miss a lot of school I, I I was just so frustrated that it wasn't healing, I felt like shit, I was constantly tired, because certain medications had me waking up at like midnight to take them, and I had to wake up extra early to do like, take baths and stuff to help the cyst heal, and so life was just fucking constant pain, and so I started to get extra super depressed in sophomore year, um, which I had, I had up until this point always dealt with depression, but it had never been as bad as it was now in sophomore year. Um, and it it was just extra bad because at this point, because of what my mom went through, I already, like, had anxiety and hated around... I already had anxiety around and hated, like, going to doctor's offices and hospitals and whatnot. And so while, like, the concept of getting a surgery wasn't, like, anxiety-inducing to me, just being in the hospital was. Like, I was perfectly fine with getting the the surgeries. I was like, yeah, whatever, another surgery. Um, But... Being in the hospital alone just was like, oh great fun memories around here. This is real neat real cool I love it. I hate it. I love it. I love it. I hate it. I I know I hate it. So yeah, I dealt with the cyst for a literally a year straight and I missed a bunch of school uh, and Basically just led to a too massive increase in depression as I said and um, And this was, sophomore year was the first time I really ever, ever in my entire life fell behind in school. Um, uh, There was just so many days that I missed and whatnot, and I just fell behind. I I missed a bunch of assignments and whatnot, and in one of my classes I had to take an incomplete for one of the quarters um, because I just couldn't make it up in time. And, uh, it was really, really not fun. I don't know, it was was just, it just sucked. (laughs) It just sucked is what I can say about it. It just really fucking sucked. Um... And, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't like to talk about how I felt. I didn't like to talk about... I still really kind of don't. I don't like to talk about how I feel. I don't like to talk about how I feel to others. I, I basically just don't want to burden other people. And I put burden in quotes because really you're not burdening them, especially if they actually care about you, you're not burdening them, so please don't think the way that I did. I didn't want to confront the badness, the bad feelings, the depression, um, and I think that toxic masculinity probably had a hand in that, and I didn't want to show myself a man of, well, uh, a, a cis man at the time of uh, uh, of having emotions, because God forbid men have emotions and show that they have emotions. Men aren't supposed to feel sad or depressed. That's not something that they can do, which is complete bullshit, may I add. Um, But yeah, that was just how I felt at the time. And as I said, I'd always had depression up until this point, but um, it certainly wasn't as consistent or bad as it started to get. Um, In general, my depression kind of tends to come in waves, so, like, some days or some weeks, I'll feel, like, shit, horrible, I would just feel real bad, real freaking bad, and I, this sophomore year taught me, hey, I can actually miss, like, a lot of days of school, um, so, I am going to pretend that I'm sick a lot of days, basically, the, 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 (laughs) the maximum amount, amount of days that I could like miss school, I probably missed. Um, and I still was fine doing well in school. I still made everything up, but like, I would just do that. And, uh, my it, eventually like the, the term was deemed Ryan person, Ryan's personal days, which is pretty accurate because I just, I could not bear the thought of going to school because I was already super depressed. And I knew that going to school would just make it even worse. It would just make my, it would just make me feel even more depressed. And that's not really something that I want, believe it or not. I, I don't think that like, because I know depression coming, coming in waves can kind of almost be like a bipolar thing. Um, but I don't think that I have bipolar disorder. I've to the, at this point in my life, I still have never gone to a doctor or a therapist to talk to anyone or get diagnosed with, uh, most things uh, regarding the mental health thing, which is not a smart idea. (laughs) You should probably do that if you feel comfortable doing that, but, uh, yeah, I don't think I have bipolar, because I don't have, I don't really have manic episodes. I just kind of get, like, really depressed certain days and certain, like, weeks or whatever, but essentially now my depression was the worst that it had ever been, and, um, I don't want to talk too much about it, um, but, I, or get into depth about it, but I definitely had a lot of suicidal thoughts, um, I, in high school, that was the thing that I dealt with, I would think about the ways that I would kill myself, I would think about all the different ways that I could kill myself, and I would say, well, which one would be the best way to do it, and I would think about the notes that I would leave behind to, uh, people and I would write them out in my head and I would, um, I would, <sighs> I would have dreams, uh, where I would kill myself. Um, and then that would be the end of the dream. And so it was just a really hard time in my life. Um, and it wasn't constant, but it was like, it would just, be like, I would have like a fine day, and then I would just get this massive blow, like this massive depressive blow that would just make me feel terrible and I would want to kill myself. Um, some days, the, um, the only reason that I had for not killing myself uh, was because I knew how badly it would affect my dad and my grandparents uh, and my family. Um, because as I said before, I didn't want to burden people. Um, and so I I guess at the time I just, I I put it on the scales and I weighed it out and the burden I would put on them from killing myself outweighed the burden of me living. Um, (laughs) which, yeah, and I know it sounds really sad and depressing because it was literally. Um that's, I don't know, I I just, I knew that my family would be absolutely devastated if I killed myself, uh, after all, (laughs) I had seen what my mom's death did to them, so I didn't want to do that to them again, especially when I was the only child, only grandchild, so I felt like I had to, uh, I don't know, push on? I, that's not really the right word to use because I didn't feel like I was pushing on. I just felt like I was not living, but also not killing myself. Uh, and uh, to, I, I guess to, to top like all of these bad feelings off, um, I have always struggled with motivation or finding motivation uh, for myself. And so it was really hard for me to find motivation and have motivation and keep motivation. And so now school itself was depressing because I wasn't motivated in school. I didn't want to do anything in particular in school. I didn't want to, I didn't really even want to do well in school. But at the same time, I was like, I have to keep my grades up because then my family will know something's wrong. Um, so I was just, I I guess I'll just keep fucking doing it. I'll just keep slogging through and not enjoying any second of my life. And I'll just fucking do it. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just keep my grades up, even though I really didn't want to. And so I didn't have the motivation to do anything. Um, and I still struggle with that. Motivation is like my largest struggle, I think, now, these days, because I just, I don't know, I don't know what it is, I just don't, I don't feel like I want to do anything that is productive, (laughs) in the sense that, like, it's not what society deems productive, I just don't find any joy in, like, the things that society, uh, says, like, I should be enjoying or doing, I just don't get that, and so it's always been really fucking hard. And some days I don't, I don't know how to explain the feeling. I don't know if it's like, if this is like the feeling of depression, but I don't, I don't think it is. Um, but I, some days I just, I get this really weird feeling um, for me and I, I've tried to like be able to like put it into words um, but it's just impossible for me to describe this feeling. It's such a bad feeling. It is one of the worst feelings in the world, and I don't know how to explain it. It, it just, it's like everything at once. I just want to scream. I want to punch things. I want to hurt myself. I want to cry. I want to do, like, do all of these bad things and... I don't know how to explain it, um, but it's it's like an indescribable feeling. And some days, especially in high school, that's just what would plague me. I would just feel that, and I'd just be like, I, I, I want to just not be here. I want to not be feeling this. I really don't like this. And I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Senior year, I guess, uh, was okay for me um, I started having more fun. So like junior year and senior year, I definitely had more fun than I had ever had before. Um, but I still like depression doesn't really care if you're having fun, at least not, not in my case. Um, so I would still certainly feel depressed and, uh, have really bad days. And I would still certainly take all of the Ryan's personal days. But for sure, senior year, like, I I started having a lot more fun. I was really, I started to feel more confident in myself and my own personality. And I started, like, feeling less and less like I had to be a different person um, and more that I could be myself. And the, and so senior year was a lot better, um, though I There were definitely some classes and some people that just made me feel like like really awful, really bad. And I remember one day I decided to cut myself um, just to see what it would feel like because I, in that particular moment, I felt like I could feel nothing. Uh, I felt like I was hollow inside and I felt like there was no feeling in the world, and I was just empty. And so I was—I I just decided, hey, I have this sharp knife. I'm gonna cut myself just to see what it feels like. Maybe it'll make me feel something. And it wasn't—it wasn't bad. I mean, cutting yourself is never good, but it wasn't—it wasn't really bad in terms of like I—I I severely harmed myself. But I just remember doing it and then just kind of looking at it for a long time. And then I went into like my bathroom and I got a bandaid and I put it over the cut. I think I actually cut myself twice two like two, two, I don't know. Um, And I put a bandaid over it. And then the next day of school, I had the bandaid on and then I put a watch on to cover it and hide it, and then I started to come out to people, and to the people that I, I felt close to and comfortable with telling, and, uh, some of those were some of the moments that gave me, (laughs) like, a lot of anxiety, um, because even though I knew that they would accept me, for some reason, it was just so stressful to come out, to them, and every time I'd do it, my my heart would be fucking racing. I, I it would just be beating harder than I've ever felt it beat before, and uh, that was kind of a weird feeling because it like I did that and it was felt really bad. <laughs> I was really anxious, and then soon after, I would just feel really good. I would feel really fucking good because I was no longer hiding this part of myself that uh, for a long time I hated and for a long time I didn't want to even look at. Um, And then I had finally done it and it felt really good. You don't have to come out, and I know that some people are in positions where they feel like they can't come out, but they really want to come out because it feels really bad not being out and um, it will get better Um, if you're in actual serious danger i would say probably don't come out Um, but know that there are people that will support you Um, even if it's just like online communities there are people that will support you Um, i support you and uh, just come out in your own time but then uh, college and figuring that out was hard too As I said, I struggle with motivation and uh, this was no different. I didn't really want to try or I didn't put in a whole lot of effort uh, or try too hard because I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was like, well, college is the only logical next step for me. Um, And I'm Now that I'm in college, I do enjoy it. (laughs) But at the time, I was like, I don't fucking know what I want to do. I don't have any motivation to go out and do anything. I don't want to do real, real world things, quote unquote, real world things. And so I, it was just fucking really hard, I guess, because there are so many people around me that were like, Doing great things and like really trying hard, and then there was me just like not trying that hard because I didn't really feel motivated enough to do that. Um, and I I guess this was just kind of like a slump in my life where I felt kind of depressed. Like I'm moving on from this place, and I don't know how to feel about that. In fact, I, there were there were like times, um, maybe not like senior year but it, definitely times just in high school where I just uh, thought uh, I'll get into college. Oh, and this is, I've, <laughs> yeah, this is, this is, this is, um, yeah. Uh, there were, there were times where I thought I'll just get into college so that I can make my family proud and then I'll kill myself after a couple of years. So they'll see that I was capable of making it and doing things, but that, That would have been the end of it. Um, I remember seeing a statistic about, like, I don't know if it's true or if I'm misremembering, but I I felt like I saw a statistic where the greatest percentage of suicides comes from college students. And I just thought to myself, I'm going to just be a statistic. And that was a really weird thought to have. Because, like, I don't know. It was, like... (laughs) It's weird how, at the end of the day, your life might just, to some people, be a number, a statistic. But that shouldn't be the case. And uh, that will never be the full, true case. So, I guess, uh, just, just know that, like... There are people that will remember you as more than just a number or a statistic and that's important um and then the pandemic happened as well <laughs> um but uh unlike most people i did really well in the pandemic i i think having less social stress and being independent which kind of comes easier for me and uh having easier classes like easier college classes actually helped me uh i did feel like shit some weeks because i didn't really do anything um but then i would just like make a podcast episode or video and that would make me feel better and more productive so surprisingly the pandemic didn't really do much bad for me which is okay but i feel like maybe it will in the future when I actually go back to in-person classes and stuff, um, because I won't be used to that, and now it'll just be extra stressful, and I'll probably gain a little, a little uptick in anxiety, if I had to guess, but I'll try to deal with that, and hopefully I'll be able to do it successfully. And recently, uh, this is kind of how I, I would like to end, um, I guess, Recent, well, not end, end, but like end to the terms of like talk of my own mental illness is I've recently found so much more confidence in myself, in who I am, in what I like, in my body, even though that's still not great. It's a lot better than it ever was. And I just, I'm really happy that I'm at that point in my life. Like, this is never a thought that I would really have, but now I just think, yeah. I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of who I am. And I'm proud of what I've done. And I I have thoughts now where, like, I think to myself, when I go off to college, I'm going to, like, try, like, doing makeup and stuff like that occasionally. I have, like, cool earrings and cool clothes that I'm going to wear. And I'm just going to really feel myself. I'm just going to really feel like I'm actually, um, I, I don't know, like I like I'm like I'm my own person,, uh, like I'm something to be proud of. and that's uh, that's really cool, and that's really been helping me right now. And uh, i I am doing good at this current moment, um, at this current point in my life, and that's not something that I could say for a lot of my life. There were so many times, there like basically all of the years up until like recently, I couldn't really have said that, that I was doing good, that I was doing great, that I was proud, that I was happy. There weren't a lot of those moments. Um, And even if there were those moments, It was very brief and didn't last very long. And don't get me wrong, there are still like really bad days um, because that's just how it is. But um, I'm definitely able to recover from them a lot better than I ever was before. And I think that that in itself just makes me really happy. I don't think that I will ever be fully rid of my depression or my anxiety, and that is something that I am okay with. I am okay with that, because now I know that I can move past that, move past those bad days, I can recover from them, and I can come out Later and I can be good, I can be happy. So even in those like days where it's bad, it will at least be temporary. And I know that now. For a long time I didn't know that. I didn't know that the feelings were temporary. I didn't know that they would go away. I just thought this would- this is going to be who I am for the rest of my life or until I kill myself. And now I know that it's temporary. That I will feel better, that I will feel happy uh, later on. And uh, I know that there are people out there who love me and that support me. And uh, I hope that you know that too, because there are people out there who love you and support you. Even if we don't know each other personally, I support you and I really hope that you're doing okay. And even if you aren't doing okay, that's okay. (laughs) I'm using okay a lot, but it's okay to not be okay. You don't have to always feel good. You aren't a burden on others just because you don't feel good. Please, for me, for the love of God, I'm not saying I'm God, that's weird. For, I don't know, this, I don't really believe in God, but for the love of God in the expression, the saying don't discredit your mental illness don't compare yours to other people in in like the sense that for a long time I discredited my depression because I never actually tried to kill myself and that's fucking stupid, okay? if you feel like shit, like a big old motherfucking duffel bag of shit that's enough, that's okay you don't have to have certain feelings you don't have to feel certain ways. You don't have to have done certain things for your mental illness to be credited, I guess. Like, it, it doesn't matter if you're not feeling good. That's it. That's in this story. You're not feeling good. And you don't have to say, look at someone else who's in a bad situation themselves and say, well, they're feeling bad. There's no way I have it worse than them, so I should just be fine." don't think that way please do not think that way if you're not feeling good that's okay but you you can't you can't say that this person is not feeling good therefore i should be feeling good because that's not how it works and i really i really hope that all of you know or at least that you'll learn <laughs> like i did that the bad feelings are temporary it will get better trust me it will And it may be really, really hard for a really long time. But once you, once you like climb over the peak, I guess, and you're in a position where you can say that you're happy, that you're proud of who you are, that will be one of the best feelings you will ever feel. When I started feeling more confident in myself, I just started feeling so good. I felt like I could get through it and like I said I never talked to a therapist or doctors about it uh, which was a bad decision I know it's not easy trust me I know it's not easy because I didn't do it ever Um, but if you need help don't be afraid to reach out don't be afraid to talk to people find a therapist doesn't have to be a therapist you can just talk to someone or, or talk about your feelings because that will help And just talking about it helps. And I think that me not talking about how I felt for as long as I did was what made things really bad for me because I just felt like there was nothing that I could do. Um, But even just talking about how you feel really, it, it really does like change everything. Making this podcast. Talking about my sexuality, talking about my experiences, and talking, doing episodes like this, like The Perfect Body, um, have just been so great. And while I'm sure that when I go to hit that publish button on YouTube or on Spotify or wherever else you're listening to this, I will feel immense anxiety, like horrible, horrible anxiety. I know... That after I do it, I'll feel good again. Because while it is really scary to put yourself out there like this, um, it feels really good as well. I think that's where I want to end the episode for the most part. I want to thank everyone for the support, (laughs) like, in advance. Because I know that there will be support, and that means a lot to me. It's really weird putting my life and my experiences out there like this, and my thoughts, and (laughs) some of my worst thoughts at that, and just knowing that there will be acceptance on the other side, so thank you. These episodes are always weird for me, because it's just me putting my life out there, and that is like a weird feeling, but at the end of the day... I'm so happy to have done it. I'm just really glad that I have this platform. And so I hope you all are doing wonderfully. Um, And even if you're not, I hope that you get better and that you feel better soon. And uh, if you have any questions, if you want to, uh, like, talk to me, you can always do that. If you know me, you, you know where to contact me. And if you don't, I have a TikTok, which I don't post that frequently on. But if you don't know me and you want to message me or contact me, you can direct message me on TikTok, and I will I will respond. If you're if if you're being a good person, then I will respond. Um, which I doubt that there would be any bad persons, but you never know. Also, I have a Patreon. I know I haven't really talked about that much or that much. I'm probably gonna do a video on it on the kind of queer YouTube channel. But I have a Patreon, and uh, thank you, Masha L, for supporting me over there. And uh, if you would like to have your name be in an episode, be thank if you want to be personally thanked by me in an episode, and have potential other benefits. You can also check out the Patreon. I don't need it. I don't need the support. I don't need the money. It's, it's I don't know, it's, it's just another motivator, I guess. Like I said, I struggle with finding motivation, and uh, that kind of gives me more of it, uh, I guess. Thank you, everyone, for uh, listening. This has been the Kinda Queer Podcast, hosted by me, Ryan, a kinda queer folk person, whatever you want to call me. Jerk, stupid doo-doo head, you could say those things. (laughs) I won't really like it, but you could say that. Um, But yeah, thank you, and uh, I'll see you in uh, the next episode, whatever comes out next. I hope you have a wonderful day. Goodbye. I don't think there's anything that I have for like the the blooper take at the end of the episode so maybe I'll just put what I'm saying right now as that and be real meta about it I don't know who knows <laughs>